Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Sarah. When people asked me and my husband Matthew about our birth plans, our answer was simple. We're doing it at home. So this is a podcast all about our home birth journey. Hey everyone. Today I am joined by no one because <laughs> I am flying solo today actually. So it's just me, Sarah, recording and that's happening just because, you know, life happens and the way mine and Matthew's schedules were coordinating this week, it just made most sense to either record by myself or not record this week. And so when we were talking about it and Matthew said, how do you feel about recording by yourself? I had an initial little feeling in my in my stomach and in my chest of something like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it by myself. But how I function, if that's how I'm feeling, then that means I have to do it. <laughs> so I felt that kind of discomfort and and slight nervousness. And I thought, okay, well then that means I'm going to record by myself. So let's do it. Let's, yeah, we're cool. So that's what's happening. And I had a topic set up. So what happens in our creative process, myself and Matthew, I tend to do most of the topic creation and come up with the ideas for the shows. And then we talk, we collaborate and, you know, create outlines and plan and then we record. Well, I had a topic planned, but I want to switch it up because I got a lot more inspired in this moment to talk about today's topic. And uh, so I'm kind of going on the fly here. You know, I created some notes, but it didn't go through its full process like most episodes do. So we'll see how this goes. Maybe it's an outstanding success, maybe not so much, but I'm going to try it out anyway. And I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. And that is home birth postpartum. Uh, postpartum is such an interesting journey. I mean, one that I did not know a lot about getting pregnant and through pregnancy I did, did not really know what to expect in a lot of areas. And I think in some ways that was great. And in other ways, maybe I could have done a little bit of research. But postpartum is just this, this interesting time. You know, you've just thrusted this human being from your body. And now you're looking at what it means to move into motherhood. But before that, or before, before myself, for instance, before I really felt like I was in the state of mother, I really felt like I just needed to keep this little being alive so you're more in like a survival mode rather than parenting and then you're also depending on how your birth and your your labor and your pregnancy was you're healing yourself physically so there's so much that's going on and every woman's 
course, pregnancy is different, but then also postpartum experience is different. And I just have been really inspired to to talk about that because I'm, you know, three and a half months postpartum now. And I've gone through a number of, of interesting scenarios in, in my journey. And that's what I want to, to share. And specifically around a home birth postpartum story because I did have a home birth. And so that's that's my tale. You know, it had, it's rooted in uh, a home birth experience. So that's that's what I want to dive into and I this is all experiential from from my perspective and how I have experienced postpartum. I have no uh solid medical advice or statistics or or jargon for you. It's just how how I experienced it and I it might be similar and it might be different, but hey, I'm going to share it. So that's what we're doing. So let's let's just I'm going to stop rambling and, and get right into it. My postpartum experience started on the day of my birth, you know, once you're technically postpartum and the midwives that we worked with stayed at the house for like 4 to 5 hours I think after birth. And that was amazing. I I mean the care and the one-on-one attention both for myself and for um, baby Maya we got um was it was amazing. So they were there to help out with of course, cleaning up the whole room. You know, they, we had a birth pool, so they drained that, got rid of that, cleaned the room, gave instructions to everyone on what they could be doing and how they could be helping, making sure I was fed, making sure I was hydrated. Um, they do a whole uh, newborn exam, which is so sweet and cute and adorable. And, you know, they weigh her in this little um, stork-looking uh fabric they kind of like lift her up and and weigh her and you know uh, how tall she is and all that stuff they were also there to help me with some some things that were happening postpartum in that I tore during delivery a lot of women do and instead of having to go somewhere to get that taken care of I got to get stitched up right on my bed you know hanging out and that was cool a lot more pleasant experience for what I would want than to be in a hospital and getting stitched up. So they just, you know, shot me with some lidocaine, stitched me up and sent me on my merry way, helped me shower, which was, oh, that was great. Um, and so that that was the, the welcoming into postpartum life. And it was very sweet and, and loving and uh, peaceful. And they came back the next day, too. The midwives came back the next day to visit, see how everyone was doing, um, you know, check in on, on, on everything, see how nursing was going, making sure that, you know, my colostrum, I think that's how you say it, that's the, the stage that you're at right after giving birth before the milk comes in, making sure she was latching okay, all of that stuff. So depending on what route you go with your birth and your, and your home birth, if you have a, you know, a midwife relationship or doula, you know, check into what the postpartum care is like or, you know, when and if they'll be visiting you. That was so important to to me and I'm, I'm so happy it went the way that it did. And we followed up with them a couple more times. I think I saw them the next week after giving birth and then two more additional times. And it just, it really rounded out the whole experience. I mean, these were people that, these were women that became such an important part of our lives and we really built these 
uh, magical relationships with. You know, I was sad to to see them leave after um, after giving birth, and I was sad at our at our last appointment. I wanted to keep seeing them every week just to hang out and to see them and to have them watch Maya grow. Uh, so that played a huge role in assimilating out of out of pregnancy um, stage. And I understand for a lot of women, I've felt this a little bit at times, missing the pregnancy stage and missing the pregnant body and, you know, missing the kicks and, and that, that feeling. I've, I've definitely had a few moments like that. While of course I am overjoyed to have Maya here on the outside and be able to see her and touch her and kiss her and play with her. You know, you get used to that, that state, you get used to that that role as a pregnant woman, you know, for 10 months and it's gone in an instant. It's just, it's gone. Like she's not in your belly anymore. You might still have a belly though. You know, you might still have, might look pregnant for a few more days, but you're not. And that, that was interesting. And I think it can bring up, you know, some blues, some of the, you know, postpartum blues, which I, I totally get. So that was that was another thing in having the midwives. They offered perspective on that and they could be a support system aside from, you know, the obvious support system of Matthew, my husband and and friends and family. They're really a great resource. And I also had my placenta encapsulated, which was cool. There's a lot of benefits to that. And we've actually talked about it before on the podcast with Jenny DiPietro and Maria Mangle. So you can check out either one or both of those episodes. Recommend that. They're placenta encapsulation specialists. And that can help with, you know, your energy and uh, some of those uh, post-delivery blues that you might feel. So I definitely recommend that and looking into that as part of your postpartum journey. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What else do I want to talk about? Oh my gosh. Things that I did not know about or... Maybe people told me and I just it was kind of like one year in one in one year out the other type of thing because I was pregnant and I was thinking, oh, OK, but I don't I don't need to dwell on the stuff that's going to happen afterwards. But the bleeding. Oh, my God, the bleeding, <laughs> you know, not to freak anyone out that hasn't gone through this yet or hasn't experienced it. But I just I really underestimated what that was going to be like, that I would just be bleeding so much for days and days uh, post delivery, um, you know, wearing the the badges of honor of of new mommyhood the the adult diaper the mesh underwear 
cool, um, cooling pads and like putting pads in the freezer because you're swollen. And, you know, that first time I took a mirror to look at my situation, I was really shocked. I really had no idea of what it would be like. And, you know, especially with tearing, you know, being sewn up like she and by she, I mean my yoni. Yoni is a Sanskrit word for vagina that I really like. And it's it's my favorite word for that. The, the downtown lady area. Uh, she did not look like the way that I knew her to look. And uh, maybe it, I would have felt exactly the same if someone had told me in explicit detail what it would look like and what to expect. Maybe I would have, maybe not. But either way, it was not what I was expecting. And I did not know that I would be so swollen, so sore, so, so, so sore. And this may not be for every woman, but like you'd had the workout of your life, but just all centered in your vagina and in the muscles and in those PC muscles and the the round ligaments that I had been feeling a lot of pulling at, you know, in the last couple of weeks of pregnancy. All of that was just so incredibly sore. And let's see, what else? Breastfeeding. You know, I mentioned that the midwives were really awesome in that they helped to make sure that my I was latching all right and you know they they were there to support and and whatnot. I also just had no idea what to expect with breastfeeding. That was the biggest area that I did zero research or anything on. And in a way, I think that actually served me to not get all up in my head about it because I do have a tendency when something new is coming up or something that I'm going to experience. I'll kind of dive in and, you know, go into the the black holes of the internet and read the books. And then it can almost mess with your mind because you're you're too much in it. So I did the absolute opposite with breastfeeding. I knew I had boobs. I knew milk would come into them. And I just figured I'd go from there and we'd figure it out. And Maya would know what to do and, and my body would just naturally know what to do. That's exactly what happened. I'm super blessed. I, I'm very grateful. I understand that it's not that experience for every woman. In that, you know, some women have issues with production and latching. We didn't have any of that. And I think part of it just may have been that I had no context for it. And I had no idea in my mind that I would not be able to do it. So I just did. You know, it's kind of like a child who hasn't been told yet that things aren't possible or that they can't do anything or that something's hard. And you see a kid just like go kick up a handstand against the wall or hang from a bar or something. You know, they don't know that they can't do it. So I was very childlike, I guess, in my faith and my my expectation of what breastfeeding would look like. However, I severely underestimated how much of it I would be doing and what it what it could look like when I have an unhealthy relationship to breastfeeding. And by that, I mean, in those those days when she was cluster feeding and like nursing every hour, it seemed like sometimes even like 45 minutes just feeling like this machine that was, you know, on the brink of running on empty every single time and getting frustrated. And I was really sore some of those first couple of weeks. You know, production was fine. Everything was cool. She was latching, but I was just super sore, as I would imagine any person's nipple to be when a little milk monster is sucking on it for hours on end all day. Uh, I just, I, th- I thought about just, cutting calling quits a few times and just like whatever no we don't we don't need to do this anymore and something clicked for me when I read somewhere 
about breastfeeding, that breastfeeding is like this huge example of abundance in that the more you give, the more like you produce, you know, it's a supply and demand type of thing. If I can be that abundant, you know, in in my body and my ability to feed my baby in the way my my body is so amazingly doing what it's doing. Um, Total side note, um, a podcast that Matthew actually loves and I've listened to recently called Stuff You Should Know. It's actually hosted here in Atlanta. Two dudes, they're really funny, they're really awesome. They have a, a huge archive of things that they go through explaining how things work. They Their most recent episodes are on breastfeeding and it's really fascinating. They go into the ins and outs of breastfeeding and how amazing the body is in what it does to breastfeed. So I will include a link to that in this show's notes, their episode on it. I mean, it's just, it's mind blowing. It, it, it makes sense that they could do a whole episode just about breastfeeding because it's it's so amazing. But anyway, back to the abundance thing. So reading that and just um, realizing that really clicked for me. And I thought, if I'm approaching this like frustrated, if I'm, you know, when I'm picking her up in the middle of the night, getting her from the crib or, get, you know, putting her in bed to nurse her and I'm angry about it or I'm like resentful to her because I'm not getting sleep or I'm sore or whatever, that's all going to transfer to her. I, I truly believe that. I mean, kids and babies pick up on our energy and and how how we're feeling and what we're doing. So if I'm showing her that through this act of nourishing her and feeding her, I'm frustrated and I'm upset and angry, of course she's going to pick up on that. So I have a choice. I can keep doing that. I can shift it in some way by either choosing to go formula and being completely okay with it and releasing myself of the of the duty of breastfeeding or I can switch how I feel about breastfeeding and I can look at it as this amazing opportunity to bond with baby to to feed her to nourish her to honor my body and all that it's capable of so that's what I chose to do I chose to to shift into that space with it before I did though before I made that choice I did develop um, a little case of mastitis. And mastitis, if I'm clear on the the definition of it, it has to do with the ducts. And so it's an infection in the ducts or like they're clogged or something. Basically, what happens and what happened for me is you get like feverish symptoms. You get the chills and you're achy and your boobs hurt so much. And I started feeling that. And before I understood it was mastitis, there we go again into like the black holes of the internet. I'm Googling. I'm feeling like this. What does this mean? You know, I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to have to quarantine myself for Maya. You know, she was only a couple weeks old at that point. And everything pops up. Oh, you might have mastitis. Okay. So back to the midwives. Text them late one night. This is what I'm feeling. I think it might be mastitis. I blew that shit out in 24 hours completely healed it and got rid of it for a couple of reasons. One, I very much believe my body can heal itself and I do my best to remain in that state and in that mindset daily. And that has come in very handy in this postpartum process. Um, yeah, I, I lost my train of thought there, but yes. So that's, that's my belief. And so I did that. I also had a really great arsenal of natural remedies um, suggested by the midwives. So I went in on the alkaline water. I drank so much, took echinacea, 
vitamin C, and raw garlic. Raw garlic, if you are experiencing mastitis or you do in the future, what you want to do is chop it up, put it on a spoon, put like a little bit of honey or something on the spoon, and then just swallow that whole and chase it down with water. You actually won't even taste that much of the garlic and you won't have that like garlicky taste left in your mouth because you're just swallowing it whole. For me though, I read the instructions incorrectly and decided to chop up the garlic and chew it down and I thought I was going to die. So learn from me, don't do that, swallow the garlic whole. But uh, garlic is really great in that it's a natural infection fighter. So I just went in on all of those things and, and healed the mastitis within, within a day. I also am very much in the, the camp of things that show up in your body are a physical, Symptom of something that's going on emotionally, mentally. There's there's a metaphysical cause, um, essentially. And for mastitis, I looked up, there's this really handy book um, by Louise Hay called You Can Heal Your Life. And in it, she talks about a bunch of physical ailments and a lot of the potential metaphysical roots of them. And for mastitis, wouldn't you know, it's overmothering, feeling overbearing, worrying, putting other people's needs before your own. And that's what was happening as I was getting obsessed and caught up in how I was feeling about the breastfeeding and getting frustrated over it. All of that was was manifesting. So there there you have it there. So there's some tips for for a healing mastitis. If uh if it's like raging after like a day and those things aren't working, then you need to go into the you know realm of antibiotics. I was just super adamant on not doing that, so I did everything that I could and was was um was successful in my attempt to blast it. Another aspect of the postpartum healing for me, like I mentioned, I tore during delivery, so they stitched me up. They stitched me up nicely. I, they said everything looked cool. And I expected to be sore and feel super uncomfortable for a while, and I did. But then I noticed it really wasn't starting to feel better. And what I noticed what was happening, where they had stitched me down at the bottom, some extra skin had actually come through and was growing, was getting bigger. So I had this extra like flap of skin that was getting rubbed and, you know, as I walked or sat in certain positions, and it was just hella uncomfortable. So I had to go through an additional round of kind of remedying that and healing that in that I had to get referred from my midwives to their backup MD who I would have delivered with um, in the event I would have been transferred to a hospital. So I had met him prior because I had met him during my, my prenatal care, you know, to have rapport in the event that I did deliver with him. I had to go to his office and he removed the skin. And that experience, I will actually say, probably for, for multiple reasons, was more un, was, was unpleasant compared to birth. Yes, I, not even joking. I think there's a, a number of things that went into it. I was already super uncomfortable and kind of frustrated about the situation that it had taken a while to heal. And now I was realizing something else had to be done for it, whereas I didn't have an experience like that going into birth. And... It was, it was more medically managed, you know, birth wasn't, and there were a lot more, you know, interventions and things involved in that, you know, he had to numb me, he had to cut the skin, he cauterized it, 
with this like chemical cauterization stuff. So it was basically like just like searing my skin down there. And it, it was just, it, yeah, I would, I, I would relate to that experience as painful and I would not label birth as painful. I would label birth. I see it as it was super intense. It was definitely, you know, a, a long, like chronic heat type situation. You know, you kind of had to like sit in, like it's the surrender, it's the fire, it's all of that. But I would not label birth as painful. I would absolutely label the removal of the skin that I had as painful. And yeah, it was just, it, it kind of felt like a hot mess and it was, it was frustrating. I am healed from that now though. And um, I'm so excited about that. It's it's so amazing to feel just senses of normal. And what does that even mean? But like feeling like you, you get elements of your body back when you're in the postpartum journey is so amazing. So to just, just have like no physical discomfort in just like touching the skin down there is, is, is awesome. You feel like a new you. It's like, oh, and then let's. Yes, let's do it. Let's go into it. So sex. Sex, postpartum life. We had an episode on sex during pregnancy, and now I'll just touch on it for a few minutes here. Maybe we'll do a whole other episode to get the other person's perspective, Matthew. But sex, postpartum, such an interesting thing. I was super scared to even go go in the first time, and that... Yeah, no pun intended, I guess. But yeah, it hurt. hurt. You know, for a second I thought, this is just like losing your virginity again. Like, why? I thought that was over and I'd never have to revisit that. Because for me, my entrance into the world of sex was not this like, okay, I'm here. Like, I'm ready to party. It was more like, why does anyone do this? ever. Why is this a thing that people enjoy? Like, this sucks. I never want to do this again. And so I was kind of reliving some of that <laughs> in the postpartum sex experience. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I am so grateful to have a loving, compassionate, patient partner like Matthew who will walk me through the experience and sit in it with me and, and, and tell me to breathe and affirm me and, and tell me I'm beautiful. Like those are the things I recommend in that process. Voice what it is that you need to feel awesome, to feel safe, to feel secure, to feel beautiful. Voice that, uh, be, 
be unapologetically transparent in what it is that you need to to feel that and to honor this amazing part of your body that just brought a human into this world she's beautiful and awesome and like yeah she might have gotten torn up a little bit and stitched up and maybe this doesn't feel the same way as it did or maybe this is a little bit more to the side than it was before like it's she's still amazing and you should love it and he should love it or whoever you're interacting with should love it for its awesome power and and beauty. And that's that's what I am affirming for myself daily now as we've, you know, we've practiced it a few times now. We're, I don't know, maybe 10 times in since baby and we're at three and a half months and I'm having orgasms. And it's awesome. And I believe that it's totally been made possible by the space that I've held for myself and the space that Matthew has held for me to to heal and to move forward. And, you know, everyone's experience with that is different. I've read some threads online, you know, women asking, you know, when did you get back into sex after baby and what was it like? You know, and I saw some of these comments, women a year post, months post saying like they haven't even or they don't want to, their desire has has completely plummeted or it's still painful and this and that. And my heart aches for that because the thing that brought this precious little being into your life, like that's an act to be to be honored and to um to experience to the fullness of however you want to experience it. And so to hear that women don't want to or feel that that's like not in the cards for them anymore after baby, um just just breaks my heart a little bit because I it's it's totally possible to come out um, stronger and sexier and more more orgasmically charged. I believe it's totally possible, and so that's the possibility that I hold for myself and I hold for any woman who's going through that experience. I also let's see what else have I experienced in my body ab separation. I won't even try and pronounce it because I do it wrong all the time. It's the diastis thing, recti, recti, whatever. I don't care if I'm pronouncing it wrong, but that's what it is. And I, I can feel about a finger and a half of separation in between my abs. And so it, it creates this little like pooch looking thing, like a little like mountain on each side and then a little valley in between, I guess you could say. And that's frustrating, but you know, I'm um I'm a lifestyle coach and a personal trainer, and being fit and active is is very much a part of of who I am and what I do. So getting back into working out was not as effortless as I envisioned it would be, and that's okay. It just created opportunity for me to relate to that and sit with that and and see how I feel and heal in other ways, you know, heal myself mentally, emotionally, spiritually before jumping back into the gym. So I was definitely not one of those, you know, hot moms, you know, so much power to them. They're, they're super inspirational. The women who have a baby and then a couple weeks later are like busting it out in the gym. That's amazing. That just wasn't me. And, uh, and I got okay with that. You know, I, I wasn't posting Instagram shots of me, like lifting weights a week later with like my new big boobs and, all the baby weight had been gone and all that. No, that wasn't, that wasn't me. And that's mine. (laughs) So the app separation, maybe it'll come together. I'm playing for it to come together eventually. Maybe it won't. That's, you know, again, it took 10 months to build the body. 
that created such a nurturing, loving space for my baby, I imagine it's going to take a while for some things to get back into their place, for organs to get back to where they were originally hanging out. Yes, for the abs to come together, you know, for my boobs to know what the hell they're doing in, in this new role, this new thing that they have never done before. I have so much boob, I don't know what to do with it. You know, I've always been, you know, between an A and a B. And now I don't, I don't even know, but it's just like, these were the things I prayed for when I was little, when I was in, you know, middle school and all the girls around me were getting boobs. I really wanted them. Well, they showed up a little late, but they showed up and tell you what, they're not all they cracked up to be. Yeah, man. I don't, I'm, I'm grateful for them that I feed my baby. And then after they are no longer needed for that, I'd be totally cool if they go back down to, uh, maybe even smaller than before. Who knows? Um, yeah, and the, the, the weight loss thing is, is also different for every single woman. I kept a very active lifestyle through pregnancy. You know, we talk about it a little bit in earlier episodes, you know, prenatal care and prenatal planning. So I didn't, I didn't have this thought of what am I going to do to lose the weight, baby weight and what, what's it going to be like? It just... I've just kind of flowed with it and accepted that some things are going to be different and that I love my body. It's amazing in, in all stages and all shapes and all sizes, all curves and, and variations of skin elasticity. It's beautiful. And so I haven't been hung up on the, the weight loss thing. What I have is just kept my, my habits. I, I use this tool. It's called a balance chart. I've been on it now for like four years and I use it with all my clients that that I train and coach. It's a way to create accountability, which I think is is great for new moms to have accountability and, and structure and balance in different areas of your life. And I choose habits that I want to support me in where I'm going and what my goals are and what I'm doing. And it's not just um, working out related or food related. It's what am I doing to feed my my energy tank? What am I doing in a, on a weekly basis to take time for myself to not put others' needs before myself? You know, like that's been one of the biggest lessons in this postpartum journey that if I'm not taking care of me, then there's going to be some issues. I mean, you could you could look at it at the most basic physical level, if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not eating well and I'm not drinking enough water, I'm not staying hydrated, then my milk isn't going to do what it needs to do to feed Maya. So then bring that up a few more levels. If I'm not emotionally or mentally taking care of myself in such a way, that's going to, that's going to show up in other areas. You know, Maya's going to feel that. Matthew's going to feel that. The, the whole household is going to be feeling that, that energy. So I work on putting myself first. And I know that is something that seems super difficult in mommy life. And it's something that a lot of moms will judge other moms on, you know, how much time you're taking for yourself versus your kid or who's the priority and this and that. There's always going to be ways to, to judge or to criticize what someone else is doing. And in my opinion, best to just stay within your energy and in your centers of influence and what you can, what you can create. And I think that's going to set a really awesome example for baby. So I know this took a lot of different 
turns. You know, we talked about some physical stuff. We talked about some emotional stuff. But that's kind of been what my postpartum journey has been like. It's It hasn't been all physical. It hasn't been all emotional. Uh, it's, it's been a mix of, of all the things. And it's been ebb and flow. But it's been beautiful. And it's been magical. And I appreciate so much reading other women's experiences in, in postpartum life. You know, coming out of an awesome experience like a home birth. That really sets the stage for like who you're going to be as a mom and how you're going to raise baby. So I'm super grateful for when people share their real, raw, authentic journeys. And so that's what I wanted to just do a little bit of and share where I'm at. I'd love to hear from you. We have gotten the most amazing emails recently from listeners who have been inspired by, by our conversations who have helped affirm them in their their decision to do home birth or to inspire them to do it when they when they are pregnant and it's I'm so overwhelmed with gratitude and and joy and we're just doing what we love to do we love hanging out talking to each other creating I can talk all day about my home birth experience because it was just so amazing and now I have this amazing little human to hang out with all the time so if you are inspired by this conversation, if you want to share some of your postpartum experience, if there's things I didn't touch on that you want to hear more about or you want to expand or share your story, please reach out to us. Please, please, please. Um, we answer every single email that comes through personally, and we love to, to learn about you and hear who you are and what you want to hear more of. So reach out to us at hello at di ahpodcast.com and um, hit us up. Tell us how you're doing. So that was my first, maybe not only, solo episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening. Appreciate and love you all. And we will um, catch you next time. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.